It is basically midnight, but I'm a night owl. I can do this. I'm just sorry that this didn't happen earlier. Thank all the numerous conference calls I had to be on all day today for for the late hour of the Lockdown Wolverines podcast. It's part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it is your team basically every day. I mean, at least a couple days a week, right? I mean, that's that's how this is going. Uh, anyway, it is Thursday, technically still. By the time any of you hear this, it will be Friday. So be excited for that because, you know, maybe the end of the work week for those of you who have the Monday to Friday grind. Uh, Got to tell you today that uh, today's episode has been brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get $10 off of your next order. Uh, so you all know how much of a fan I am of that. We will get to your questions now because we've got plenty of them uh, to go through. Starting with our leaders and best, James Crudup at James Crudup 6. If you were in Schembechler Hall, would you be in favor of visits being allowed and getting guys like Fedone and Sayer Wright to campus or keeping things locked down and keeping Donovan from visiting Southern schools and holding on to the committed prospects? Um, You know, that's a really interesting question because – my impulse to say, I want to just open it up. But at the same time, you want to believe that the guys you have committed or a guy like Donovan Edwards, who seems like he is trending strongly to Michigan, that you have a strong enough bond with him to, uh, to make that, you know, to, to, so that even if they were able to take visits, that it's not a big deal, right? Uh, I like to. I'm going to tell you a little bit of give you a little bit of inside baseball. And this is a this was a situation that I had. I feel like I can say this. I shouldn't get in any any trouble by saying this now, but it's like I remember I talked to Tyrone Wheatley the day that. It was National Signing Day in 2016. And I, he was one of the guys that, if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't the guy on Rashawn Gary, but he was one of the people who was part of it. I don't even think he was like the main secondary. I mean, it was Chris Partridge production. Maybe maybe Wheatley was secondary. But I asked him about, about the Rashawn Gary thing. And I was like, yeah, I know that there was concern that he wasn't going to end up at, you know, at Michigan. After you guys felt really good, he took that visit to Clemson. You know, there were rumors out there. We all know what those rumors are now. But uh, he's like, listen, you have to have faith that all of the work you've done, that it's led somewhere, that that relationship you've built means something. And that if you weren't able to capitalize on it, throughout this time that and and that they're going to be swayed in the last possible second maybe you just don't want them because you want a guy that that you've worked really hard to recruit and you've espoused what Michigan stands for and you don't want them to be you know to to flip at that shiny object out there and i thought that was prescient so i'm going to go ahead and say that i am in favor of visits being allowed I think they're going to hold I I think Michigan's committed prospects like would it surprise me if one flipped and I don't have a name there's not one that I'm sitting there thinking like yeah he's probably going to flip 
Would I be surprised if like one ended up going somewhere else if that ended up being the case? No. I don't think any of their major commitments are going to. I think that they've done a really good job at building those relationships. And for a guy like Donovan Edwards, yeah, if you want to go see Georgia again, if you want to go down and see Oklahoma, I don't think he made it to Oklahoma ever. You have to have faith that you've what you've done has worked and that you're going to be able to get him. Josh Barra, Jadicky. Any word on what team activities will be allowed to continue even without games in the fall? I know it's 12 hours that's being, it was supposed to be 20 and they changed it to like 12 hours. Uh, Angelique had the break on the the fact that they're going to be doing combine type things because they're going to have a combine on October 24th, the day that the Ohio State game was going to happen at Michigan Stadium uh, with NFL scouts and everything, which is, again, huge. Great job for Michigan to to. To give the guys a goal, right? To give to give the player because that's the thing. I've been talking to a lot to some former players and and uh, obviously some parents and you know a bunch of different people. And that's part of the thing is wanting to you know give them a goal to work towards. Like that is like COVID's a concern, right? Their concern. I vehemently disagreed with my colleague Christine Brennan at USA Today, who said like the parents just don't care; they just see like a meal ticket. No, they they were looking at the situation as we feel comfortable with them having the goal of football and the protocols that were set up that they're not going to get into any shenanigans. And with that being gone, maybe they do. It, it's a myopic view, in my opinion, when people uh, just look at one side of thing and say this disease, the science. Listen, I want to reiterate because there's just a lot of people that seem to, I don't know if they're listening to the podcast or reading my articles. They just, they, they take like the part that they don't like in the, it, they're, they're, they're all for the season being canceled. Fine. I've said, I'm not against it. Right. I'm, I have questions about the process. I know that's not what you're saying. I just want to clear the air. This is something I was planning on doing today. So the people that are coming at me with like, well, actually, COVID is blah, blah, blah. And you just, you just need to understand that, you know, and as epidemiologists, a lot of amateur epidemiologists out there, by the way. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying you're that that it's a wrong decision, but I think the people that are so like hardline stance of like it's the right decision and there's no other alternative, there's no other opinion that can exist. You can't have a different opinion. That's just foolish. You can ask questions. Josh Barr continues. Also, without Big Ten football, what will your Saturdays in the fall consist of? As an EPL fan, my mornings are still good. Afternoons, though, far less entertaining. Uh, I don't know what EPL is. English Premier League. I'm not really a I'm not really a soccer guy personally. Uh, but uh, you know what? I have no idea. I'm gonna uh, if if there is. If, if the other conferences are playing, I'm going to soak it all in because I don't get that opportunity during the uh, normal, you know, normal seasons because I'm I'm at Michigan Stadium. Like if it's a three, if Michigan's kicking off at three thirty, I get to see maybe the first. No, I don't even get to see the first whatever because I'm at the stadium at noon. If they're kicking, if they're if it's a night game. 
that's the only time that I get to see like the the noon games, and I might and I get to see usually like the first quarter of those next games. If it's a noon game for Michigan, I get to get out of the state. I don't leave the stadium usually. I mean, it'll be a little bit different this year because I live a mile away from the stadium. So I can leave right after the press conference, feel like I'm not missing much. I might like write one thing and then walk home. Uh, but uh, it's, yeah, I might get to see the late games if I would go to a cigar bar or something like that and work from a cigar bar. Because my if Michigan's kicking off at noon, I'm still not done working until usually 1 a.m. So I'll be soaking in as much football as I can. I'll definitely be paying attention to Duke because Jameric Woods is there. I'll be paying attention to Texas because Tariq Black is there. I'll be paying attention to Tennessee because Aubrey Solomon's there. And uh, I'll, you know, keep you all abreast of what's going on with those guys. That's what I'll be doing. Michael Wolf, my brother in metal at MWolf21. How good can Michigan be with a whole new starting line? Uh, O-line, that is. Uh, as I alluded to on the podcast yesterday, and uh, we're going to get actually, I'll combine that with Trent Noop, who also asked thoughts on Jalen Mayfield's draft decision. I talked to somebody close to the situation, and like I said yesterday, their quote was, we'll be good. And I, I mean, I agree. I think Ed Warner has done a fantastic job. He's done it wherever he's been. He's got the track record. He's done it at Michigan. So it's not like the the track record and then it stopped at some point. Uh, I think you've got, they've been recruiting extremely well with Warner overseeing it. I mean, they've brought in some incredible recruits. I think that, it, yeah, you might have some growing pains just strictly because you're throwing in some second and third year players. It's in some of these situations where maybe you're hoping to have third and fourth year players uh, into some degree, you still might have that, you know, Chuck Filiaga. Now what I would imagine the line would look like now is this, this is what I would imagine it to look like now based off of some conversations, Ryan Hayes, Chuck Filiaga, Zach Carpenter, uh, Carson Barnhart, and Andrew Stuber's still out there, so let's not forget him. Uh, so Carson Barnhart or Andrew Stuber and Trevor Keegan. Or Andrew Stuber back to that other side. But those there's some of those names that I think could, like Trevor Keegan was the first name that I was told uh, that really could make that impact. As far as my thoughts on Jalen Mayfield's draft decision, I mean, I think he did what's best for him. Uh you know, I don't know if he knew that they were going to really truly try to start the season in January and that if, like, let's say the NFL draft pushes back to June, then, I mean, you should you probably could have just had your season. Uh, but uh, I know we'll talk about Ambry Thomas here in a few moments at some point, too. But, you know, I think it's uh, I think the considering he was cons- looked, you know, looked at as being a first or second round type guy that why take the chance i think that he could have played and solidified a first round grade if the season starts in january and the nfl draft takes place in june and not april but i think that those there's a lot of unknowns so i understand the impulse to like hey let's just get ready let's just do it right now so considering he's probably going to be a at worst a second round draft pick 
I, I th- still think it's a good decision. It's unfortunate we only got to see him for one year, though. That's where I'm at, and that we only got one year production. But hey, again, another feather in Ned Warner's cap. One whole new starting uh, O line, or whole starting O line from last year. All of them will end up being NFL draft picks when it's said and done. All from one year's production, especially. I mean, two for some of those guys, but still. Finishing us out in segment one, Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one. Why have we had so many number changes this year is one of three questions. I'll answer that straight away uh, because the uh, NCAA changed the rule. You can't have like six people with the same number. It's limited to two. So you can't have like there was what five number threes in 2016 or 2017, 2017. Wilton Spate, Rashawn Gary, Quinn Nordeen. Brad Robbins, and I think there was another one out there. Can't do that anymore. Two, max. So that's why. Number two, what would be the biggest benefit of a spring season if it were to happen? Um, I think having all eyes on you. You know, you know, there won't be, like, assuming that the other conferences are able to make it work, only the Big Ten, let's, I mean, we might, we don't know if the, the Pac-12 is looking at a January season. But if, say, you know, say they do go more in the spring, I'm sure that they do exactly what the Big Ten is doing, to be honest. But maybe they don't. Regardless, Pac-12 has different start times, usually later. You have all eyes on you. So I think the the drawback is what Nick Saban said. Could be JV teams, essentially. I don't think that's necessarily fair, but, I mean, we've seen two Michigan players opt out now. Uh, to, to prepare for the NFL draft. They're not going to be the full-strength team that we expected them to be this year. Uh, number three, how did I come up with my dog's name? Uh, Zuri. And she's pouting on the bed because I just got home and immediately started doing a podcast. Uh, I was looking up uh, African names. And I wanted to name her an African name. I wanted it to be something uh, that was meaningful. And I wanted it to be no more than two syllables. When I picked her up at Ann Arbor Humane Society, they had named her Petunia, and I didn't like that. So I looked up African names. Zuri means beautiful, and uh, that's what I went with. My other dog that is at my mom's house, uh, it was a similar deal. Her name is Nisa, and uh, I named her that because it means rebirth. So wanted something meaningful, wanted something beautiful, wanted something that is not common, and I wanted something African. Uh Thanks to uh, the fact that I know I wasn't particular to the fact that I am uh, like Central African, uh, like Bantu peoples. And uh, for some reason, I'm, I'm forgetting the exact uh, countries, but that's uh, I'm, I'm primarily Central African and Norwegian and other things. All right. We went way over time for segment one, but. That doesn't mean that we can't talk about Built Bar. Y'all know how much I love Built Bar. Guess what? They've got a ton of new flavors, and I can't wait to order my next box. Uh, it, it's They still have some of the flavors I love. Almond toffee tastes just like a almond joy. I love it. Uh, I've still got a couple uh, peanut caramel left, which I, I, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I mean, it's they're not gritty. They don't have this terrible aftertaste. You don't have to... Use a whole bottle of water to flush it down. I'm telling you, Built Bar is my favorite protein bar. Those of you who have made the jump, uh, I think 
90-something percent of you have agreed with me on this. I, listen, I've gotten so many messages from people that said, we're doing it. We're getting the built bar. And then when they come back, they're like, you were right. So many of you guys listening to this show. I've had football parents come call me up and say, hey, are you being are you being legit with this? And I'm like, yeah, I'm being legit with this. And they're like, we're going to make the plunge. Everyone's been happy except for like one person, I think, said, eh, it's okay. And you know what? To each their own. And that, that might not be the, the, the best selling point. But I think the 90 plus percent rate is the best selling point because it is incredible. I put my money where my mouth is. I'm an, I've ordered, what, three boxes so far after the box that they sent me to to give me to let me try it out before I talked about it. It's worth it. Use promo code locked on. Get uh, $10, $10 off of your first order. I'm telling you, it is super worth it. Make the plunge. BuiltBar.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's do it. Continue the mailbag. Brandon Carpenter at Big House Go Blue. One, thoughts on Penn State's AD's comment about the vote and how does slash will it look if the big commission still favors a cancellation when his son plays in a conference that currently and potentially won't cancel the season? Listen, I've seen people sit there and say, listen, that's the SEC's decision. Let the SEC, you know, the SEC's, you know, that's not his decision. He plays in the SEC. It's the SEC's decision. Look. Because those people, the same people are like, and they're people I respect, like Anthony Heron, who I'm on the, uh, I've been on his show quite a bit on uh, the Big Ten channel on Sirius XM. Listen, I love Anthony Heron. I think he's wrong. And here's why. It was Kevin Warren who said upon the release of the schedule, that he felt a Big Ten schedule. I feel comfortable with my son playing. So he's the one who brought his son into it. His son is not off limits. Especially if he's the one who brought it up. And I do think that that in, in like some I saw someone comment saying, listen, it's you know, it's not him making the decision. Last I checked, he's not the Big Ten president's. According to, you know. Now, I know he, his statement that he released on Wednesday said that they voted. Penn State's AD, Sandy Barber, said it's not been clear to me if there's been a vote. Now, Penn State's, not Penn State, Nebraska's chancellor, Ronnie Green, I think is his name, said yes, there was a vote. So he confirmed there was a vote. But... uh now listen, there's a vote, but it you know does that mean Kevin Warren was steering it one one way or the other? I don't know. I don't think it's a good look. 
personally. It's safe enough for your son to play, but it's not safe enough for the Big Ten Conference to play. My problems with Kevin Warren is his lack of transparency and his lack of communication. He still is obfuscating with what he sent out yesterday. What he sent out has no new information, really, about the disease. The people who are asking these questions want detailed, medical-specific things like the Pac-12 released. And they want the ability to discuss it. And as Sean, as this was, I don't know if, I think it's been put out now, my colleague Phil Harrison over at Buckeyes Wire, he talked to Sean Wade's dad today as he was on his way, and Sean Wade's dad was like, hey, listen, we're, I'm not just trying to get a season to happen again. Yeah, that, that would be great. My whole thing is that I'm trying to get a voice for a group of people that's currently voiceless. That is the goal. And I think that that's fair. Especially with everything you've just put these guys through over the course of half a year. Stop practicing, go home, okay, come back, go through all these rigorous protocols. Here's your schedule, okay, it's not happening. By the way, my son's playing. I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not against the decision. I'm against the not allowing a voice to people who vehemently said, Hey, we're, we're complete. We understand the safety risk and we're for playing and they want to talk it out. They want details about the big Ten's decision. And I think it's a bad look. It's bad optics for Kevin Warren. I think he's done a terrible job throughout all of this. I think he's been about as abysmal as he could be and not having a plan in place and I know he was. He said to multiple people, hey, we didn't have a plan because we were just trying to get through this. We were focused on fall. We didn't come up with a plan. All right, well, part of your job is managing expectations. That's part of any high-profile job. Manage expectations. That's what I try to do on this podcast, and I do a terrible job of it when I'm like, hey, we're going to have a podcast tomorrow, and it doesn't happen. I'm trying to manage expectations of when you can expect something. Now, that's on me for failing to meet my own expectations that I'm trying to manage. But that was something I learned when I worked in Hollywood. If you manage expectations, even if you fall short of what people are expecting, generally you're given a little bit of leeway and he's not doing that. RTK at Farmerk 84, biggest impact true freshman on offense and defense. Uh, offensively, uh, Wait, I have to think about, I was starting to think of 2021. I was like, all right, well, there's J.J. McCarthy and all that. But no, okay, let's talk about this year, true freshman. Um, offensively, I think there's so many good options. I think A.J. Henning, even though, like, it's, it. Uh, man, there's three options for me. A.J. Henning, Roman Wilson, and Blake Corum. Blake Corum, probably not because there's, he's just in a crowded room. Uh. AJ Henning and Roman Wilson, that's I think AJ Henning's versatility are what give him the edge to me, but Roman Wilson's got the speed. I'm going with AJ Hills, uh AJ Henning. Um as far as the defense, I mean here's the name that I keep on not saying and I should be saying all the time. Andre Selden. 
It's up to 172 pounds. He can be a nickelback right away. And guess what? Now they need a cornerback. I think Andre Seldon might be thrown to the wolves a little bit early. At least he'll be he'll be on the field a lot more than he would have been. Yeah, it still could go to you know one of the Green Twins. It could still you know could be Vincent Gray and uh, DJ Turner. I mean that's still probably who it's going to be. Jalen Perry could very well be in the mix at the other corner position, but I think Andre Seldon could be that guy. There's some others that I would mention. Braden McGregor could be instant impact again. Crowded room. Uh, Kalel Mullings for sure could be a guy that comes in and does something. Um, if he wasn't behind Michael Barrett, I would say William Mohan very well could be, as a, especially as an early enrollee. But those would be my choices. It's Go Blue, not Big Blue at Urban Lide. How confident are you that the SEC, ACC, Big 12 will play this fall? I, I, honestly, I'm kind of, I'm, I, I know a lot of people are saying, and, you know, like I've, that like yeah feels like we're you know it's these are going to be canceled sooner than later i don't think so i don't now in season maybe sure yeah and we've seen some issues two in the in the acc with notre dame and unc uh, having some pauses put on their workouts i think that's the right thing to do though i think that's the whole point right it's kind of like what happened in baseball it's still happening in baseball the mets didn't play the marlins tonight because someone on the mets had covid I think you're going to see at least a couple weeks of at least one of the conferences. SEC, I'm looking at you. And then uh, all bets are off. But I think that we'll at least get, I'm going to say four weeks. That's what I told Leach, my roommate Leach. I'm like, I think we're going to see four weeks. Beyond that, big shrug. I think that someone will get it done. And my eyes are on the SEC because I think they are steadfast at trying to get it done. Honestly, I'm kind of progressing with the idea that all three will play and all three will get through it. But we'll see. A lot can happen between now and late September. And a lot can happen in late from late September into mid to late October. But I think that uh, I think protocols are in place and I think that they'll follow them and I think it's good in a case for like UNC that their students are going home. Guess who's in a bubble now? North Carolina. Guess who's in a bubble for two weeks? Notre Dame. Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore. Are you assigned to cover another team this fall? What's your plan now? Haha. Ha, also love the podcast. Raise fist emoji. Appreciate the raise fist emoji and the, uh, the love for the podcast. Uh, I am not assigned to cover another team. My job is covering Michigan. I will continue to cover Michigan. And that might be, we might be doing some creative stuff there. I mean, my goal is to get into 2022 recruiting, which nor like I've been very open. I usually don't get into that next year until at least early signing day. That's going to change. I talked to one 2022 guy this past week and I haven't uh, put anything out there on him yet. So I need to do that. But uh, that's the goal, pivot to recruiting, what the pros are doing, what Michigan's transfers are doing, and find other things that y'all might like in the meantime. I don't know. We'll figure it out together, hopefully. But, uh, yeah, we're just going to try to find some ways to uh, continue. And, you know, listen, they're, they're doing some practice things. Hopefully they'll continue to talk to us and 
and we'll, it'll be kind of like the spring normally is. That's that's what I'm hoping. We'll see. We'll figure it out. Finishing out segment two, the Czech Audible Sports Show at Audible Show. What impact, if any, will the canceled fall season have on future recruits? Example, Big Ten appearing to be the softer conference. It depends on what happens with those other conferences. And, yeah, they're going to negatively recruit, and but then the Big Ten is going to be like, listen, we're not the softer conference. Here's the deal. We cared more about your health and safety. We cared more. Now, the fervor from the players and the parents saying, you know, we, we still want to play, all that, that's probably not going to help the situation. But uh, I think that there's a, there's a way to do that. I don't think it's going to have a big impact. I think everyone understands it's a pandemic. And I think everyone understands, like, you know what? It's it's an ever-changing situation. I don't think that it's... The only, the only thing I think is that could affect it is if the Big Ten, if the other conferences play, and the Big Ten does not manage to pull off a winter or a spring season, and the Big Ten's just off for a year, then you're just behind the eight ball, period. But I think, like, Michigan's done a really good job with 2021 guys. I think they'll continue to do really good with uh, 2022. I think that they're off to a good start there as far as their evaluations, the guys are going after. But I think that they're going to need to get a season off. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to have a hard time against those three other conferences. All right, we are going to go to to our break. We're already at our time. But as always on Thursday, we don't care. We're going to keep going. Good thing that uh, a lot of the same next questions are all the same. We are nearing the period where my puppy gets to finally get some attention. She is curled up on my bed as I record this. Uh, Cause yes, I record in my, my little office space inside my bedroom here. Uh, AJ Catheropolis, dude, I've been wondering where you have been. I saw you comment on someone else's thing. I'm like, where has that dude been? I remember seeing your name all over the place before I even before I did the USA Today and locked on stuff back when I was at uh, Wolf at twenty four seven Sports, and then you were a constant question asker, and you haven't been around. But at AJK four UM, really curious on your take on this debacle. Hashtag Big Ten VoteGate or big vote gate and whether you think anything will be reversed with the decision. And I know that some of this is outdated because of what happened uh, after I asked the question for podcast uh, podcast questions, either will be reversed with the decision or if this rumor about the six big 10 teams separate season has any merit really seems like someone's wet dream rather than a real possibility. Similar question from Jim Swanson at real Jim Swanson. Really interested in finding out if there's any re- truth to the report about the six-team season as reported by Hookstead. And if Michigan is looking uh, at doing this, and can Jalen Mayfield un- uh, undeclare and play if he hasn't signed? Uh, we'll get to that. Um, well, actually, I'll just answer that part right now. If he hasn't signed with an agent, yeah, he can he could still come back. That, But that's the big crux. Sign with an agent, you're done. Preps here. At Preps here, also ask, is Michigan in favor of the Ohio State proposal for a six-team home-and-home schedule, 10 games for this fall? Um, And also Dave at Snots73, who is Hookstead and is he, is he legit? 
I think David Hookstead, if I'm not mistaken, is a reporter for the da- Daily Caller. Because like when people were saying this, I was like, wait. Actually, maybe I don't know who this David Hookstead is. But yeah, sports writer for the Daily Caller, which is, I don't know if it still is, but it was Tucker Carlson's website. And I, if I'm not mistaken, he was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he was just reporting what Jeff Snook reported, right? Jeff Snook being the Ohio State version of John U. Bacon with less esteem as, as John U. Bacon. And, I mean, no, I don't think that, the, I always thought that it wasn't a real possibility, but I was curious because it did come from someone who has written books. It wasn't coming from some random internet account that no one's heard of that suddenly drew a claim because it got retweeted by Big Cat. So, no, I, I mean, to put it short, I was curious to see how it unfolded. It might have been a plan for Ohio State, but I mean, it was pretty clear that that wasn't going to happen. But if it, here's the thing like, I don't think the Big Ten could have stopped it if they would have gotten all the teams that they wanted to. If this was a if this was a real attempt, I'm not saying that the attempt wasn't real. I don't think that the possibility was something that was real, but because I don't think that Ohio State was going to be able to get those six teams necessarily. Like I don't think that they were going to be able to get Michigan. Uh, just because I think that if Schlissel voted against a season, I don't think there was any way that he was going to combat that. Now, that said, if it would have been Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, what were the other ones? Iowa. I don't even remember the other ones that were rumored. I I mean, I, I don't think the Big Ten could stop them. I don't think the Big Ten would be like, well, guess what? You're out of the Big Ten. Because guess what? The Big Ten would have lost all of its cachet at that point. It would have lost all of its premier schools. So I think that that would have been catastrophic for the conference. But uh, no, I didn't. I never put that much stock into it. I've been following it, but I don't I don't think that it was a reality. I, I, I don't think it, I think it was more than someone's wet dream. But as uh, AJ had said, but I don't think it was much more than that. And I certainly don't think it was the, by the end of the week, the Big Ten is going to reverse course. And that was never happening. Charles Myers at MGO Fan is Jalen, if Jalen Mayfield opted for the draft, can't he still technically play for Michigan in the winter season if he chooses to? And I know a couple people followed up, including our leader and best, Trump Noop, said this. Listen, if he hasn't signed for an agent, you can do with an agent, he can do whatever he wants. But with Ambry, it's the same deal. If they haven't signed with an agent, but here's the thing, you got to be enrolled in classes too. Now you got a couple weeks before you can make that decision. I'm not sure the exact start date. Michigan starts earlier sometimes now than they did when I was in school. Remember my first day at Michigan overall was September 8th, 1999. And I know they they don't that's a lot of times they start before Labor Day now. I don't know the exact start date, but I mean, you'd have to make a decision fast and you can't sign with an agent. That simple. 
This should have been lumped in before, but let's finish out. Daniel Habeneck at Daniel Habeneck. Do you believe the Big Ten will reverse this decision due to pressure from players, parents, and coaches? No. But it does seem like they are very adamant about making a winter season. Credit to Ryan Day where it is due that he is advocating for early January. The report is eight games, wrap it up by end of February, have a Big Ten championship game in March. I think that that is a decent consolation prize. Yeah, we'll have to go three months, potentially, of watching other teams. There's usually not anything going on in December except for other bowl games in the latter half. And by the time we get to that other end where we'd normally be seeing football end, maybe we'd be seeing the end of the other conferences just for Michigan to pick up and play for a couple months. Uh, You know what? As far as consolation prizes go, not too bad. Not too bad. That'll do it. Uh, the hope is to have at least one more this week. We've had a lot of stuff to talk about, so I'm sure we will find a way. Actually, I should say, I hope we'll find a way. That's what we're going to do now. Hope we find a way, but we've actually had some stuff to talk about. So see what we can do for the lockdown Wolverines podcast. Got to say, I appreciate you listening, following along, uh, as always, uh, Sorry for the lateness of this. I don't know that any of y'all are going to listen to it until the morning. It's 12.32 a.m. on Friday now. Got it in, though. It's happening. Peace.